0: Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 112. This is a show all about Pokemon's Video Game Championship Series. I'm your host, Steven Morioka, and I am here with Alex Underhill. Hello. And Nick Navarre. Hello. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. And for our listeners out there who are probably aware of this already, we just want to start off by saying that uh, Alex and I were unavailable last week. Uh, which was the first week of the show we could have in November. So this episode is coming to you the week of November 9th. Um, this episode 112. And, uh, just want to start off by saying that with this being our first episode in November, uh, series seven has officially started November 1st. And, uh, for those of you who've been, uh, listening for a little bit here, you know, we had some, uh, season four guest bands and we are now officially lifting those, um, in a uh, kind of conjuncture with, Series 7 starting, you know, and all those Pokemon coming back to the format, uh, officially now. So, um, that's it, Alex, we uh, have all of our guests back that we can use uh, at will.
1: And more, we even got the DLC guests, you know, it's going to be fun, those legendary <laughs> okay. guests.
0: Okay, <laughs> I don't know, uh, sure. Um, speaking of legendary, November 7th was also a pretty big day, um, not only for Pokemon players in the Players' Cup too. Because uh, everyone globally was playing, or whoever was qualified was playing in Players Cup 2 on that date, November 7th. It was also a big day um, here in America, in U.S. politics, when uh, we had a big announcements of our election here. I uh, just want to point that out here. Um, but moving on, um, we're going to talk about the two of you in Pokemon Players Cup 2, your runs, a little bit later on here. And uh, maybe I should just spoil this now, but uh, you two are actually still alive in the tournament. You're both in the top 16. How are you feeling about that?
2: I mean, that was the plan. Uh, it's, it's still working. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I,
1: I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I'm looking to make a much deeper run than uh, the last Players Cup, and it feels good to still be in the tournament.
2: Yeah, for sure. It, it felt bad going out uh, week one last time, and to still be in winners, it's. Uh... It, it feels great.
1: Uh, yeah. It's looking good for us so far.
0: Yeah. That's also a big point is you're both in winners. So you've both gone five and O right now. And uh, you still have more to play this upcoming Saturday, the November 14th. And we'll talk about more players cup 2, um info and things and just what went, what went down the first weekend, but uh, we're going to top, uh, move on to a different topic here. First, and this was announced, uh, I don't even remember when this was announced, but this was two weeks ago, last week, but there was, uh, information about the, uh, trading card game for, well, essentially, there was this, uh, thing called the Play Pokemon Team Challenge, which was announced by uh, TPCI, but it is for, uh, the trading card game only. Now, um from what I gather here from the article on Pokemon that this is a, uh, team tournament you'll par- partner up with a local store you uh partner up in teams of 4 so you have to find three other people to play in this again this is for the trading card game only it is not for us video game players and uh, they partner up with the store they have a bunch of different qualifier rounds this runs all the way through uh May 2021 where they're expecting their grand final um at that time so i don't know what do you two think about just like this uh format how it's only for TCG and how it's another more online events for Essentially, you know, play Pokemon that seems to be going deeper into the next year.
1: Uh, I really think this is just like a a fun, fun idea that uh, TCG is getting here. And I would love to see something implemented like this for VGC. Um, Players Cup has been fun, but I do not think that uh, like like a double elimination tournament every couple of months... Uh, with like a weird qualifier is the best exam- like the best of what we can be doing online uh we've got strong grassroots uh options available and they've been going strong for during these uh quarantine times but I feel like we could have more from the uh the official circuit and I, I would just love to get that feeling of uh having like tournaments frequently that people cared about uh you know it series seven has been fun um, but, like, for a lot of my friends, it ended last weekend, um, and I, what, what is there for their, for them to work towards now? You know, there's just, they, they just get to cheer on, uh, me and Nails and, like, I guess, uh, play on the ladder if they want to. I think it would be really cool if we could get some more official circuit stuff.
2: Uh, one thing that I really like about, um, the event that they have announced is that it's the first time that TPCI has done an event, to my knowledge, that isn't just uh, strictly an individual tournament. Uh, the fact that, like, the fact that it's a team tournament is just completely new. And, um, that specifically is something that I'd really like to see them, uh, get into for VG, uh, because I want to team up with my friends. Uh, yeah. it sounds like an absolute
1: blast. It does sound really really cool. I agree. Like uh whether you're teaming up with people from like your region or just in general, like team tours are certainly different and I think it's very fun. Um you know, I've definitely like practiced a lot with like friends on ladder and it's always fun to play games with multiple perspectives uh being used. Um there's like always like the Dogrio Cup and stuff that uh
0: I'll we've remember had that.
1: And, like grassroots, you know, like these like fun little uh team tours and then Uh, I'm sure Nails can speak a bit more on this, but, like, you know, you've played in, like, smog on team tours, and, uh, you know, there's just, like, a a fun aspect to playing Pokemon with your friends.
2: Yeah, it's a... There's a lot of different dynamics that you just don't get playing uh, as an individual, and um, I I would love if VGC, uh, like, the official circuit, got to experience that uh, as well.
0: Yeah, so to bring up uh, one of Alex's points is that how... You know, the, both the Players Cups, they've been, uh, you know, fine tournaments to hold both in the summer and the fall here. But the holdover is just, um, I feel like the gaps in time and when people are playing are just too long. Like, where, for the most part, the, you're only playing on a few days and there's just a lot of sitting around in between all those, uh, tournament days and, uh, tournaments. So I like to see just something more consistent so we're playing a little bit more often than just, uh, laddering. You know, playing in more official things than, um, I just want to see some more consistency with uh, the frequency in which we're playing. Um, One of uh, Nick's points about the team tournaments is, you know, I think it'd be really cool just to be able to partner up with uh, your friends and uh, just try something like this out in an official capacity from them, like you mentioned. So, um, you know, I I wonder if they, uh, it seems like they wanted people to pick local stores around them. And I don't know if you have to also partner up with people in your local area. See, like... Alex, I know if you and I wanted to be on a team, we probably could because we're in the same city. But I don't know, like if say hypothetically, if we wanted to add Nick to our team, would we even be able to do that? I don't know. Let's strictly gone... leave that
1: at. Let's strictly leave that at hypothetically. Okay, do not extend I... that any further.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to Chicago locals before, um, but. I've also gone to Toronto locals before. Um, so, and they're about the same distance away. And I'm not sure if I'd be in either, um, region. I, I assume it's, that's like square in the middle of gray area. Um, and I, I don't know how they're ruling it. I haven't paid too much attention to the event. Um, I assume they're just treating it as a fun event and not taking eligibility, uh, restrictions too seriously.
1: Yeah, my thought was like, maybe it's, uh, I, I know that when you use the official Pokemon event finder, there's like, uh, a distance you can use from a, an address, you know, so you might put your home address in and say, oh, what are all the events that are within 250 miles of me? That's like the highest it'll go. Uh, and I thought, I think that just, that's like a, maybe an option for criteria, but I, I really don't know. I mean, I know that the answer's out there and that TCG players that are getting involved in this would be able to answer this for us, but, uh, right now we just don't have the answers on it and uh, I mean this is a VG podcast, so uh not terribly important, but it will if we get something like this, maybe we can uh talk about it further in the future. Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: a cool event.
0: Yeah. Uh one of the things I want to point out is the uh prizes for it. So they're just some uh exclusive playmats people can win, um virtual TCG prizes, and uh like the top eight teams earn more like trading card game prizes. So Um, it does seem like it's mostly just a for fun tournament, which is nice, probably in a supplement to if there is a player's cup three and whatever else they are planning. Cause recall of maybe a few couple of months ago that TBCI was supposed to announce uh more circuit information, uh, for the future in 2021 in November. It is now November. I hope this isn't the only stuff they had planned. Mm hmm. Um, but that's the Play Pokemon Team Challenge again for the trading card game only. So we're not going to get into any more further details for that because again, we are just for the video game. So, um, let's move on to Pokemon Players Cup 2. And, uh, we're going to talk about some of the teams, uh, some of the, uh, things that happened here. Uh, I want to just talk about, you know, some of the, like, uh, logistics of how it started and just, uh, new, new, um, things that happened in the tournament, new issues. Maybe not issues, but just, like, uh, circumstances. What's going on for this uh, wave of Players' Cup 2? So, just talk about some of the differences from the first one, and uh, just, like, your experiences. Like, one thing I also want to hear about is how buys were handled. What do you two know about that?
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah, so let's talk about, yeah, how this uh, stacked up against Players' Cup 1. And, uh, yeah, let's open up with those buys there. Uh, They actually did reward buys to the top seeds this time. Excellent. Um, this is both. This was both good and bad. Like largely, largely good. Uh, it just would have been nice to have given a heads up beforehand. Uh, you know, I I'm not that upset about it, especially since I was able to still go five and zero. But uh, it would have been nice to know beforehand. Like, uh, as a player that was comfortable with my rating, I could have pushed it a little bit harder to try to secure a buy, and I would have felt comfortable doing so. But uh, not knowing and Seeing as how buys were randomly distributed in the first one, I just, you know, parked it where I did and didn't end up getting a buy because I wasn't uh, the highest in the uh, NA pack. But.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. It would be nice if we had better communication with DPC on a lot of issues. Um, this is one of them. Uh, my situation was actually pretty unique. Um, I, well, for the qualifier, I uh, qualified pretty easily. I just. Uh, kind of sprinted out to a rating that was surely in and, um, just played some more games for fun after that and settled, um, around a rating that was, I thought was pretty good. Um, bef- when the bracket originally went up, I was just outside of the range of players that would get a buy. And after the bracket was repaired because of, um, There were 10 people, I think, that didn't submit their lists. And I was one of the five people who got pushed into a buy after uh, the bracket change. And um, it felt nice being rewarded. uh, But I also, like, I I wish that we would have known that buys were being handed out based on ranks. Or I would have just camped at the rating that I was at 30 points higher on the ladder and not had it be close. Um, mm-hmm. but overall, uh, yeah, it was, it, it felt nice to get the buy though. Uh, so, uh, oh, of
0: course, of course, I, I'm, I'm glad that they're, I'm glad that they're moving
2: forward with, uh, like just progressing the uh, format and making improvements.
0: Yeah. From the first players cup, um, there was no like expectation or precedent just to expect that the top seeds are the ones that are going to be getting the buys cause they just did it randomly the first time. So this is uh this is a good step.
1: So uh and the other like big big thing uh with this uh Players Cup 2 versus Players Cup 1 uh was the like open team lists uh across the your basically across your region uh last time uh we had the open team sheets of course and uh you could see those by clicking a link under your opponent's name on Battlefield and this was like the only way you could see anybody else's team in the tournament Uh, there was a lot of, of course, like, information sharing across, like, uh, you know, friend groups, you could collect teams and stuff, uh, just to, like, help scout, but now it's different. This time around, uh, they have, um, basically a player roster page where you can just click any person's team, um, even if you're not going to be playing against them anytime soon or anything and just look at it so uh you know cybertron's in the tournament and you want to see what uh aaron's going to be using so you just like you either search for him in the list or Control f or whatever and you can just click it and see oh this is what aaron's running in players cup 2 and you can do that with anybody so like you can really get an idea of what's upcoming a couple of rounds out uh you can just kind of look around just to see what teams are interesting and it's a, v- a very different vibe because, like last time, uh, the teams were open, but you weren't able to see everything. You would, uh, if you wanted to know everything, you'd have to uh, ask around. This time, um, you can see everybody's, and I think that's a really cool feature. I really do like that. I
2: uh, it levels the playing field uh, for players that don't have uh, the connections of some yeah. other players.
1: I I think that's a really cool aspect. Um, I also hope that. Uh, So there's, like, a a, a rule in place that says that you're not uh, allowed to share the team lists outside of your region. So, uh, and, like, I I guess it says bracket specifically. So, um, like, that means that I guess I could talk to Nails about a team because he and I are both in the NA bracket. But, like, Steven, we could not talk about any of the team lists with you because you're considered out of our bracket out of our uh whatever. Oh, so,
0: oh, I see. I see. Okay.
1: And so it's like interesting um it's not personal. At least that's my interpretation of this rule. Um it's I hope that something uh that happens after the tournament is that this rule is like waived or like we lifted, lifted. yeah. yeah just... So that we can uh just kind of like do open stats on these. Um I know a lot of people that are like really good at creating cool detailed Pokemon stats and graphics and there's a lot you can do with an open teamless tournament. There's like we could just do so much with this. We've never had this available before.
2: Yeah, this is totally new from uh an analytics perspective. Um just to have this much data uh available uh like and easily collectible.
1: It's really cool. And like uh something further
2: VGC stats was oh, VGC stats was uh starting to get into this territory uh before um uh, like in 2018 and 2019, where they would collect all of the um, all of the Mons from players that are in CP. But this is uh, both a step further in terms of the data available, and also far easier. You don't have uh, like there were, there was a massive process to uh, um, collect all the information, um, and there are often tweet about we still need data from these players can you talk to their opponents and get them to respond to this Mm -hmm. etc and this is uh, it just eliminates all those hurdles and it's really really cool
1: something else cool that this has going for it is uh, it pairs really well with like the uh, battle fee bracket that you have so you can just look at how how certain teams matched up you know uh, you said you see a really cool team and you're wondering how did that team end up doing and you could follow it through the bracket. You can see what teams it lost to. You can see what teams it was able to beat. And, uh, yeah, there's just, there's just so much you could do with this. It's just like, I really, really hope that, uh, we're allowed to just like run the numbers on these, uh, once, uh, once players cup to, uh, to regional qualifiers concludes this coming weekend.
2: Yeah. And, uh, also being able to give the numbers to other people who weren't in the tournament. Um, I have no doubt that there are some uh uh nerds out there who would be able to do some really cool analysis yeah, with us for sure and uh some of them are probably in the tournament, but there are also probably some that uh aren't and exactly.
0: Yeah, I think they would uh, appreciate that data just to look at it, and uh, you know, just break break things down for the community in general. Um, I'm gonna bring this up now because I don't know if I'll remember to in the future. But uh, as you guys were talking about, just uh, sharing these open teams, um, you know, across your regional bracket, is that this? Uh, you two probably don't would not rem- remember this or know this, but um, back in 2011, after the um, regional circuit had concluded, before we were all heading into nationals um, uh, who, I forget, it was Mike Lezik who was in charge of, uh, Play Pokemon at the time, P.O.P., he had, uh, posted, or someone else on their staff had posted the, uh, usage stats from all the top 16 teams from each regional that happened, so there were, uh, six or seven, I, I can't remember if there were six or seven, but, um, we just had stats of all the Pokemon that were used back in the 2011 format, and that was really, uh, that was a really cool thing. Unfortunately, did not have the specific six uh Pokemon on a team tied to a person. We just had overall usage stats, but um it also like broke down, you know, there were this many Thunderous in this regional compared to this one on the East Coast versus West. So mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. those are just kinda kinda cool reminding me. Uh you know this this discussion reminded me about that. But you know, this is a this is a neat feature for the Players Cup too. Um I don't know if it's gonna come it may this may be something that comes into uh, live events once we get those back. But that's another discussion um I wanna talk more about players cup two and uh just talk about some of your runs and uh if there's anything else you wanted to oh I guess uh there's one more thing before we get into your runs and uh your teams a little bit here but that is uh just the difference between players cup one and two these region qualifiers is you're playing these over two weekends instead of three. So, why don't you go ahead and uh, break that yeah, down. Yeah, so I can
1: just, I was going to say, I gotta break it down in terms of our runs and uh, how it's applied to Nails and I specifically. Uh, winning is cool when you're playing in a uh, double elimination bracket, uh, simply put. You you do want to just keep winning. Uh, and if you're going to lose, do it later. Don't do it now. Uh, so, basically, um, what that means is for the first week, uh, if you go 5-0, and which is what Nails and I were able to do, uh, you are done for the... Uh, weekend, and you can just kind of pack it up. Uh, However, if you were to, say, lose the first round, uh, you will have to win eight games in a row just to make it into the loser's half of the uh, bracket for the second week. Uh, And I know at least one player that ended up doing that. uh, That was Andrew Ding, uh, obviously a very talented player here in the NA region, um, was able to just (laughs) fight it back. Actually, I think their first round loss was to uh, kyle livinghouse so no easy matchup there and uh that <laughs>
2: kyle's still in winners ding, yeah yep. kyle
1: is still in winners undefeated and andrew ding basically said all right fine if i'm gonna lose to kyle i'm not gonna lose again and so they like, just ran it back
2: he, he went eight and one yeah and uh i i think double elimination is a stupid format and this uh, this just uh, illustrates why Andrew Ding went eight and one, and I went four and zero, oh, and I made it uh, further into the tournament than Andrew has. And th- there's no way that that's fair in any. Yeah, universe. Nails
1: is in quite a better spot than Andrew. Uh, so, and it's just yeah, it was just uh, not necessarily uh, luck of the draw, but luck of the
2: draw, just like uh, Nails. Yeah, no, I mean it kind of is like I. I had a higher seed, and so I got to buy round one. And Andrew Ding got a player who's still in winners uh, in round one. And so he just had to play, he had to win twice as many sets as I did to get to this position yeah. in the tournament. Yep. And, and it's, yeah, really th-
1: this is uh, kind of what we were talking about. And uh, of course, uh, it wouldn't be an episode of the show if I didn't uh, mention Audi at some point. Uh, I remember talking a bit with Adi uh, about how uh, if you're playing nine rounds, we're going to turn so... that
0: into a drinking game.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real.
0: <laughs> Everyone take a shot. Anytime we mention Adi.
1: <laughs> so, um, as I had just said, uh, Andrew Ding went 8-1. and one. So that is nine rounds of Pokemon. And that number might sound familiar if you've uh, ever attended a live event. That's just nine rounds of, like, say, Swiss. And um, at this point, like, I-, I think a lot of us thought that uh, Players' Cup was being run double elimination so that the tournament would run faster. Um, and while it definitely has less games, uh, running nine rounds on the first weekend just feels like it should be, uh, a top 16 cut after nine rounds of Swiss. Like, right now we are up to the top 16. There are some people that are in winners and losers, but other than that, it feels like a top 16 after nine rounds of Swiss, except that Nails had to play four rounds, I had to play five, and Andrew had to play nine. Like, that just... (laughs) that just doesn't sound exactly <laughs> fair. Um so yeah it just seems like uh it seems like we could have run swiss. Uh I, I again I don't know the full logistics. I'm not that experienced with running tournaments or anything. So um maybe it is far better to be running this but as a player um it would be a lot more ideal if we could have uh swiss and just not something that's so cutthroat where you can only lose uh two games and be done and uh the schedule uh can really really screw you over just if you if you face a f- strong player early it hurts so uh so much worse than later.
2: Yep. What he said?
1: Anyway, <laughs> awesome. Um, I don't know if there's anything else uh to break down other than that. Uh I guess one uh to bring it back to the uh the I guess two weekends instead of three uh aspect um if Nails and I are able to go 2 and 0 in this second week we'll be done. 7 and 0 gets you through. Uh that's actually the same as the last time. It's just that uh it was broken across three weekends. Uh I believe you went 3 and 0 to 5 and 0 to 7 and 0 uh if I
2: remember correctly. Yep. And Yeah. The second week was just two games and winners. It was kind of silly as well. I I do think that shifting it like com- uh yeah, I think that shifting it to the two week format is better. Um mm-hmm. like uh the amount of Pokemon that we played on week one uh was fine. Like it, it wasn't too much yeah, Pokemon. I agree. Uh just uh and yeah. It, it was kinda silly last time and I like that they're improving it, but we're still on double elimination, so we still have a yeah, ways to go. Yeah.
1: Get. And so uh the I, uh to start, um the uh, second week here coming, uh, there will we'll be in losers round nine. Uh, if you come into the second week in losers, you have to win four in a row to make it. If you stay in winners, you have to win, uh, just two. And, uh, yeah, if you fall, uh, in, you know, winners round six, you have to win three games. If you fall in winners round seven, you just gotta win one. And, yeah, that's uh basically just how it ends up working, you know, the further you make it, uh the more games you win uh early before losing, uh the less games you got to win later. So, uh it's kind of a silly aspect of uh limb, but uh yeah, just keep winning, don't lose. That would be terrible.
0: Yeah, so um that's basically the breakdown of the um the players cup 2, just the structure of it so far and you know what Alex and Nick have gone through. Um, again, we are heading into the second weekend of play, and there are 64 players total globally remaining in the tournament. There are 16 in each region left, so NA, LA, Oceania, and Europe, and, um, there's 8 in winners and 8 in losers in each bracket left. So, um, what I want to kind of talk about here is, um, is just talk about, uh, I want to hear about both of your teams a little bit, what you are willing to share, of course. So, um, Nick, I want to start with you. And you can uh, tell us what you're willing to share about your team, as well as just like summarize your uh, run for your four matches that you played
2: so far. Okay, so my team is a Series Five team largely. Uh, <laughs> it was it, it was something that we didn't like. We didn't have it ready by uh, Players Cup One. Uh, we built it later in the format. Uh, it was largely inspired, uh, honestly, just from. Uh, a player that we saw on ladder, uh, they, uh, uh, we played against Garden of Madness. Uh, if you are that p- player, I'm just really curious who you are. Uh, DM me on Twitter or Discord or wherever. Uh, I would love to know who you are. Uh, but yeah, they had, uh, Screens Grimmsnarl and a, uh, Bind Dusclops with a G Max Venusaur. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, uh, the team, uh, sets up screens and, uh, clicks a bunch of residual damage and waits.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, really cool. Like, let's just list the quick, the full six that you ended up running in this tournament.
2: Uh. Yeah. Okay. So the, yeah, the six that I brought in this tournament are, uh, Grimmsnarl, Venusaur, Torkoal, uh, Dusclops, uh, Clastrier, and Landris. Um. And I guess Quick uh, Hits um, are it's like a more supportive Torkel set uh, with Burning Jealousy, Body Press, Yawn and Protect. Crimson Herald is just your vanilla screen setter. Uh, Deskops has Bind, which again is uh, not a standard tech on it. But it's it's really cool on a team um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, that I would probably go into further if I wasn't playing in Player's Cup next week. But mm-hmm. um, it lets you set up cool positions. Uh, my Venusaur is just Life Orb. Uh, three attacks and all stuff. Uh Glastrier, it has a White Herb, uh, which is cool for a bunch of reasons. Um, the primary one is just it uh, gets rid of the first Intimidate and allows you to snowball games. Uh, I think it's uh, almost all the other glass that I've seen uh, were life orb, and there were a few assault vest, and I think that white orb is just a better item than life orb mm-hmm. on it, at okay. least in this situation, because uh, life orb uh, basically uh, like glass is are absurdly bulky. It's 580 base stats and uh, none of that, and it isn't wasting any of them in special attacker speed, so it's just really strong and really fat and. Having the Life Orb uh, just whittles the horse down for your opponent, and you just force them to deal 100% of the damage to it if you don't have a Life Orb.
1: Yeah, I do really like that aspect of it. Just, um, It's a Pokemon that can enjoy that extra push of Life Orb, but because it's got such insane bulk and is able to kind of stack it with uh, max ground boosts or... Uh, I, I mean, occasionally max steel It depends on the set. But uh, it's a Pokemon that is really, really hard to take down when it is Dynamaxed. And uh, like you said, uh, white orb kind of deals with the intimidate uh aspect, so um, you don't have to switch it out uh or worry about any kind of drops, and it really allows you to just run away with those uh beast boosts or those uh, those nays, I guess. Those Nays nay boosts, yeah.
2: <laughs> they're they're, they're, abs- <laughs> they're absolutely beast boosts, yeah. Um, and yeah, it um, it's pretty cool. And then Av Landorus behind screens is just uh. A Menace it's hard to remove, and it felt like a cool uh last one for the team,
1: yeah, I remember uh being a big fan of the uh the original team in series five um and uh it's just fun to see bindcloft added again, uh just really, really cool um um
2: oh, Um. uh yeah, I was go just ahead, gonna go sorry. ahead
1: and start talking about mine, so if you have anything else you want to mention about yours, go ahead
2: um I'm the only Landorus that's still left in winner's bracket in n a and um I think that people are sleeping on Landris, which feels like such a weird statement to make. Um, but it's, it, like, look at those stats. It still does the mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yep. My, uh, I'll also say my Landris is, if not unique, like, very, uh, it, it has Stone Edge over Rock Slide. I don't think Rock Slide's, Rock Slide's an especially good choice in a Dynamax format because, um, like, honestly, a lot of the rock weak mons are just going to shrug it off and maybe even get a weakness policy boost if they're maxed. And Stone Edge allows you to target uh, either the the flying mon or whatever that you want to hit with Stone Edge, or just avoid hitting it um, and still have rock yeah. tip coverage. Um, so that's um, just a note about Landris.
1: Yeah, I do like that aspect of it. Um, just... It, Rock Slide is just so, so weak into uh, a format where there's plenty of flying types with weakness policies, and uh, you can't fl- flinch Dynamax Pokemon, so um, you know, what's the benefit there?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say the same same kind of thing there. Uh, Landers is still a strong Pokemon, so, um, you know, maybe it is being slept on here, you know? Is it still on uh, some other teams around? We can see throughout the bracket, as well as uh, two more in North American uh, Loser's Bracket here, but, um, you know, sounds good. Sounds good, Nick, uh, about your team there. Let's uh, move on to Alex's here. And uh, oh, boy. Now, <laughs> what's wrong? Alex, you can tell us the story here. But when you when you <laughs> when you messaged me, um, what was it last week? We were talking about something. You were your message. I was uh, we were messaging about something. And you told me this is what you what you're using. I thought you were uh, trolling me. <laughs> like, I thought this was a joke. But Go ahead and talk about your team here. Yeah, I'm sure so everyone wants to I, know I am going some to be baseline details.
1: Talking about the faded combo, uh Weezing and Regigigas. Um yeah, it was something that I never thought I would use. Uh to quote myself, uh, when I was practicing with uh my good friend Ragov, uh I was like, Yeah, Ragov, this team is fun, but I could never bring this to Players' Cup because if you got knocked out of players' cup using Regigigas, you just feel like man, I feel like an idiot. Ah, uh, just, but of <laughs> course, you can't feel like an idiot if you don't get knocked out, so that's the plan here. Uh, Reggie, I have Weezing, Reggie Gigas, uh, Urshifu, uh, Single Strike, the Dark Type, uh, Tapu Fini, Roto Heat, and Reggie And, yeah, the, the team was built by, uh, my good friend Kunal. Um, I kind of jumped in on it a little bit early, uh, close to when it was in its final form, uh, and just said, like, yeah, I think this is actually way stronger than it deserves to be. Um what Regigigas uh allows you to do is use Weezing. Uh Weezing is a Pokemon that uh people have wanted to, you know, make use of ever since uh it was announced. And it, it's just got such a cool uh unique ability to it, of course, with that neutralizing gas, of course, ignoring and turning off all abilities. Um but it's I know I don't think it's ever had the the partner uh, the perfect partner as, as it has now with Ritchie Gigas. You know, there's a lot of Pokemon, the strongest Pokemon seem to make use of their abilities. Abilities are quite insane, uh, and usually busted. Like, you know, you look at old Regieleki, a Pokemon that is, uh, viable almost exclusively because of its ability. Uh, it, it's obviously not viable for its move pool. Its speed is neat, but, you know, it, that ability is really, really nice. Uh, and it goes for a lot of Pokemon. So, um, you know, Regigigas is, of course, a Pokemon that is only hu- uh, hurt by its ability and uh, has otherwise pretty good stats. You know, it's a very bulky offensive Pokemon and...
2: Absolutely phenomenal stats.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's uh, it's a big guy, but... Um, <laughs> it's got all the stats in all the places. It's just, just kind of like Ice Horse, right, you know? Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yes, yes. It has very good stats, just the problems that plagued it in the past was actually... In- Plagued it in the past where it was its
2: ability. Slow start. Yeah. Sorry, also a little bit of sp- its movement. <laughs> uh I think it, it got protect only in this gen. It did. Oh, finally, <laughs> nice. That's a good
1: uh, good important aspect too. Like uh yeah, I kind like I'm using a pretty standard what you would see in like VGC set, which is just like three attacks and protect. And uh until you said that now, uh Nick, I had not quite like uh, internalized that that I get to run protect now because of the changes that have been given to Regigigas. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah. So um, it's also
2: it's also really funny that they, um, they you're running Giga Impact uh, because it doesn't get frustration uh, in changes that were I think we can say were largely aimed largely aimed at Snorlax. hmm
1: mm-hmm. Um,
2: and it's just um, it it's no- only normal move that's. Any good is actually just fine because of uh, Dynamax. Like, it, it's just the strongest option, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the,
1: also the animation just fits it perfectly. Giga is in the name anyway, so Giga Impact is great on Regigigas. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I also just had, like, I guess I'll mention here, a high horsepower Ice Punch and Protect. Uh, the Weezing was like uh, Sludge Bomb, Will O Wisp, and Taunt and Protect. Uh, and it's just really nice to have a uh, such a supportive partner that can really take advantage of what Regigigas is putting out, which is those max strike uh, speed drops. You can uh, will-o'-wisp any physical attackers. You can taunt uh, speed control Pokemon uh, that are trying to set up Trick Room or maybe a slower Tailwind Pokemon, uh, though that doesn't really exist in the format. Uh, And then Poison is just like decent uh, coverage into a format where Tepifini is uh, number one right now. So um, yeah, it's just like a solid partner. Uh, I should mention that this is just regular Weezing. Uh, The reason that we wouldn't want to run uh, Galarian is because uh, it mostly just adds an extra weakness to hit Weezing with super effectively. Uh, And I I still very much enjoyed those uh, attacks and protect and would probably not have opted in for the fairy move. And so uh, I did not want to have the weaknesses that come with being a fairy type, Uh, even if it did allow me to be uh, immune to like dragon or something like that. it uh, It didn't end up adding up to be much better defensively. Uh, So I want to mention here really quick, though, uh, this is pointed out to me by my friend James, who is at HJav or hjv underscore on Twitter. And, uh, you know, most of the stuff that I say on this podcast uh, just like comes out of my mouth and I never think about it again because uh, I don't listen to the show. Um, Steven does the editing, of course, and uh, I just, you know, I say these things and forget, Uh, just fire them out there. And, uh, I had said, like, when we were talking about wheezing Regigigas in the past, uh, to just not even bother using it. And, uh, I also, uh, kind of...
0: We were trashing it, basically.
1: (laughs) I was also spreading a bit of misinformation, though unintentionally. Uh, because this was actually just based on what was, uh, the mechanic on Showdown at the time. And, uh, it was basically that, uh, Regigigas' slow start... Uh could only be turned off if uh, Weezing was on the field at the same time or before Regigigas. And uh it turns out that uh that it's actually just the count that uh gets turned off and it's uh the and the stat drops as well. Um that gets turned off when uh Weezing is not on the field. But you can actually uh lead Weezing Regigigas, switch the Weezing out, and have your stats halved, and then the next turn bring Weezing back in, and uh, something else that, like, my team is able to do is uh, lead with, like, Reggie Alecki and Reggie Gigas, and you can Volt Switch into the Weezing, and your stats will be turned off mid-turn. So, uh, it's a little bit more flexible than I was originally uh, selling it to be, and so, uh, that that isn't what I would say is the defining reason why I uh, actually decided that this was a viable team to bring, Uh, but it it definitely helps when uh, you're Not so limited to just a specific lead. But uh, I don't know if I have any other uh, major notes about the team. Uh, The other four Pokemon are just strong Pokemon into the metagame. Urshifu uh, is honestly somehow stronger than it was in Series 5. And it's incredibly dumb. It doesn't even feel like a very competitive Pokemon to be playing against right now. I just very much hate my opponent gets to have one. I think only I should be allowed to have one. Because it is so annoying, (laughs) Uh, Tabu Finny. Because you know who wouldn't have a Tabu Finney? Uh, I guess Nails doesn't have one. Why'd you do that?
2: I don't have. I don't have a Tapu Finny for some reason.
1: (laughs) Weird choice. Anyway, uh, Tabu Finney is just really strong right now. Um, You know it. It can Dynamax, and that's just kind of like uh, something that makes Finny even stronger than it uh, like already would have been in the format. Like it. It can be the offensive uh, powerhouse on the team. Uh, The call mindset is really really nice right now. Uh, Rotom Heat has been just kind of like a anti-meta pick, uh, specifically with regards to uh, Metagross and Glacier. And then uh, Regieleki is just a really, uh, really cool Pokemon um, because of, uh, obviously, things that we've talked about on the show. But it's uh, just a strong guy that kind of pairs with what we've got going here. So um, that's like my full six. And yeah, I, I had a very fun time running them in the uh, first week, and I'm looking forward to the second week.
0: Cool. So I think uh, we're we're gonna start transitioning here into talking about some of the uh, teams, some like highlights, and what kind of sticks out to us here. And I kind of want to bring it back to um, to your Pokemon. And the first is Rotom Heat. Um, you know, obviously offers some pretty key resistances to some of the strong Pokemon in the format right now. You can see a lot of the Rotom Heat in a variety of teams here across all four regions. And, uh, for Urshifu, you know, both Urshifu forms their signature, uh, moves, they both just always crit, and that's pretty big, we can ignore any defense boost, and it's also got, it's still working really nice with Unseen Fists, you don't have to care about, uh, Protect.
1: Yeah, that, uh, it's just, like, so, so annoying that you can just slap a Choice Band on this thing, ignore Intimidate ignore defense boosts if you're like uh hitting into a metagross and also just it's say you also so don't get to click protect like there's just so much uh assurance you can have with the pokemon and
2: it it, it hits different it does it hit hits different. so different <laughs>
1: <laughs> different should not be allowed man uh so anyway um, so yeah
2: let's go ahead and
1: talk so about some Go ahead, Steven.
0: Yeah, do we uh, sorry, do sorry, so I was just I was, I was gonna move us on to uh, just uh you know opening the floor to more uh teams and, and Pokemon here. But uh unless anyone else has anything else about Urshifu, um what what else what, what other uh, highlights or things do you notice from the uh teams and just the stats we have on them so far?
1: So um I would say that there was a decent number of uh nihiligo i guess i i just saw them a lot in the tournament or heard about them but the only two that ended up making it oh no there's three there's three that made it through in na yeah 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 i'm just like doing a quick look here uh no four four so yeah it had a it, it got a strong showing in na um nihiligo got or nihiligo however you want to say this thing um it got access to meteor beam now and uh it's like basically using a not quite a z move but like a max move maybe even a z move considering no
2: no it's it is pretty much a z move because it's plus Um, one like it's yeah it's 120 base power meteor uh, with meteor beam right yeah it's 120 base Um, power and you get a plus one and then you get a plus one before it goes off so it's basically just it's 180 base power uh rock move so it is It is effectively a Z-move.
1: And there's a number of flying types in the format, so to be able to just launch off this incredibly strong attack, uh, get a free boost on a Pokemon that has Beast Boost itself, means that this Pokemon can start to snowball. Um, Most people uh, just seem to run it with Meteor Beam, and then just like Power Bomb, Sludge Bomb Protect, uh, with that uh, Power Herb, uh, the Xerneas signature item or whatever it is.
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's the Uh, one. (laughs) It really doesn't have that much coverage. uh like without hidden power uh It has
1: Dazzling Gleam, which is like more relevant than it has been, uh, just because of stupid, stupid Urshifu. It can hit Urshifu. But yeah. uh but mostly <laughs> you just hit the Urshifu for seventy percent with Meteor Beam anyway, because <laughs> the mon is so insane. I have had my Urshifu struck by a uh, Meteor Beam. Also one of the best animations in the game, and also the text the subtext for the move says uh, Nihiligo is charging with space power or something like that. And, oh, <laughs> just so good. So, so good. Uh, I remember having a great time using Meteor Beam on Colossal in the qualifier tournament, uh, the IC or whatever. But anyway, uh, it's a cool pick. Um, I was actually testing it a bit, uh, beforehand and, uh, just decided, uh, to use the Regigigas team. But Nihiligo is a pretty cool Pokemon into the format considering how many flying types there are, how much Tapu Finny there is, and, uh, it's got a pretty decent speed tier. So, uh, all around Kulman.
0: Cool yeah, I see about, uh, four or five more, um, other than the ones in the North American bracket left. So there's like a eight or nine total in the, the top 64 of teams here. But, um, you know, speaking, just speaking of colossal here, I do also s- uh, see some colossal teams, uh, in this tournament. So I see one in North American losers on Jake Powell's team, um, on Federico Turanos in, uh, Latin American winners here. Um,
2: it doesn't look like so, there are any in uh, Oceania. Mm-hmm.
0: And... None there. Yeah, two more in Europe, actually. So there's one yeah. in losers, one in winners. But um, there are still Colossal teams out there. And uh, Colossal, you know, that build won the first player's cup. And it uh, looks like they still have a chance to qualify and make it through to global finals here.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, still works. Colossal was one of the Pokemon that immediately I thought was going to be strong just because we were going into a format with so many uh, flying types. And it would be nice to... Uh, Be able to just hit them super effectively with the move that deals uh, insane residual damage. And uh, I I ended up playing with it a bit, and it just wasn't working as well as I'd like, uh, largely due to Landorus. But uh, maybe it's now better, as we've seen, uh, (laughs) quoting Nails earlier, that Landorus is a bit slept on. Uh, Terribly weird to say. Um, It's just not getting as much representation as we're used to seeing in old formats. Uh, Landorus, usually a top-tier Pokemon, like, number one in usage, kind of, uh, top-tier. Uh, Tapu Finney is just kind of pushing it out, and, uh, I-I don't know what exactly is what's keeping Landorus' usage down. I feel like a lot of people were just, uh, annoyed with how much anti-intimidate play there is. Um, but it's very interesting. Uh, I-I don't know, do you have any more Landorus thoughts, Nick?
2: Oh, I mean, so, uh, Laddam has 7 out of 16 Landris, uh, NA has 4 out of 16, uh, Europe has 4 out of 16, um, and there's 6 out of 16 in Oceania. So it's not, um, it's not getting, it's not like crazily slept on or anything, but, um, yeah, fighting, fighting Lando with Cole doesn't seem fun. And also fighting Finny. Um, they can just, uh, max into you. I, I guess they generally have a Gastrodon, but, uh they can muddy water and it's just Gastro can't really side proc that effectively. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's just like some meta hostility and considering the amount of uh team real estate that you have to dedicate to setting up a coal, um, it's just harder to get through a tournament with it than it was in the past.
1: Oh, can we mention we need to like make a uh, mention a uh like interesting trend that uh is almost like I guess it, Something that we didn't expect, uh, and that's Metagross. Metagross had a very poor showing.
2: Um, Met, yeah, Metagross uh, really underperformed, honestly. It's like,
1: it's washed. It's just washed up, man. It's already... We need to uh, chuck it in the it's bin. It's only been
0: like two weeks. Two nah, weeks. it's washed
1: up. Um, it's gone. So I think no, there's two in NA. Uh, one in winners, one in losers.
2: Um. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't. I, I I guess here we have the numbers here in our uh, DMs. If you want to go ahead and if somebody's
2: got them. Yeah, that's what I've been looking at. Um, do you uh, Do you want me to just yeah, yeah, go that right up? It's uh, two in Oceania. Uh, what is it? Three in Europe. The two in NA and uh, two in Latin. Uh, so it's just really not showing up, and you have to assume that its uh, usage was far higher than. Uh, the proportion of players that are left in the tournament. Uh, I know that on uh PS uh the stats heading into the tournament it was hovering at around like twenty six, twenty seven 27% usage mm-hmm. uh, and hitting at like two or three out of 16 uh teams uh relatively stable throughout all three regions. Uh is a massive shock.
1: It's so Metagross was like the easiest um I guess like to use a little bit of a VGC buzzword like archetype. It was like the easiest archetype to just pinpoint and say I want to have a matchup into that, you know. Uh, yeah. It was like I think it just got heavily uh built against targeted like it was yeah, just no, like, I, I think it
2: got I think it got pretty heavily targeted. Yeah. Um and uh like in in Light M, you see the most used most used Pokemon in the top sixteen uh, is Rotom Heat, uh, which many people probably put on uh, for its uh, Metagross matchup.
1: Yeah, it, it's and, something that's like really really strong. I was uh, if I was um, going to bring a Metagross team because I had tested some, uh, it was going to have a Rotom Heat just because I really like having Rotom Heat in the mirror, and yeah, it's just uh, I don't know, there's just so much, uh, building against it that it just didn't have a chance to shine, and, uh, I do think that's really, really worth noting, um, it reminds me of, like, Kangaskhan in, I think, 2014, um, if that sounds right, Steven?
0: Yeah, that's what it reminded me of, yeah, like, it got, it's, it's, uh, just, look, Metagross is still a strong Pokemon, it's a good Pokemon, too, it's just been, uh, overprepared for, which, um, you know, that's probably the reason why it's, uh hasn't shown, uh, you know, strong finishes here so far. Or not the strongest of showings. Yeah,
2: I, I think that as the format progresses, Metagross will uh, reclaim some ground on the field. Um, like, it still got through with multiple um, placements in the top 16 of in every region, um, despite being very heavily targeted. Uh, some of that excuse me, is probably because of uh, how many there were in the field, but um, it's um, it, it'll bounce back. Uh, how far it depends on um, like how all well the teams are put together. Um, basically, you weren't allowed to show up to the, to the tournament uh, with a half-baked Metag- Metagross team and assume that it would just put in the work. You really needed to have a wall-constructed team um, and that is that is a really tall ask for two weeks into the format mm-hmm. um like like you needed to be ready to deal with the counters um to to your uh you need yeah people had their Metagross counters, so you needed to have the counters to the counters and yes, um, yes, that's that, like I said that's just a really tall ask for two weeks into the format uh I definitely tried to build with Metagross before the tournament, and I just couldn't get anything that I felt was like, uh, busted enough to, uh, justify bringing, considering, uh, how heavily targeted I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Early format is very much about, uh, finding things that people are going to be, uh, underprepared for, in my opinion. Um, you know, there's... Like
2: Reggie Gigas or a <laughs> series five team. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, of course, Reggie Gigas. Another one that, um, actually got two appearances in uh these top 64 teams um but uh it, and it was something that i was considering is regirock um the rock i uh i was oh, having yeah. a lot yeah, of fun testing regirock for this tournament and it was my number one for uh most of the two weeks of prep uh i had brought to brought it to the vr tournament and then i uh ended up tweaking it a bit um I actually had a friend who was able to, uh, top the showdown ladder, uh, got to, like, 1870 or something, um, rating in, like, a really high GXE with, uh, Regirock, and I was just like, wow, maybe this was the team to bring. Obviously, I don't regret going 5-0 and with Regigigas, but the Regirock team that I made was, uh, pretty, pretty solid. Uh, I think that, um, Regirock is a pretty fun Pokemon right now, um, I was just using it with uh, Misty Seed and Curse and just, like, three attacks, uh, Body Press, Rock Slide, and Ice Punch. And uh, it does actually pretty well into the metagame. Uh, It's tough to find a rock Pokémon in the format. Uh, Tyranitar is not the hottest. Um, There's Nealego and Cole, which are, like, decent, but they feel like they need to be built around. And uh, Regirock, I would not say uh, you can't not build around it, but it just felt like a Pokémon that I would uh click curse with and if they let me do it then it was like okay good game and otherwise they had to like double into the rock (laughs) to kill it and i was like usually fine with it i was like wow you were that scared of a regirock feels bad
2: regirock is uh potent it is it's it's really it's it's really fun to watch uh uh to play with and to watch alex play (laughs)
1: Yeah, I've yeah. I, I've got some fun replays of the the rock just going insane. Uh I do really love that Pokémon. Saturday couldn't bring it, but uh I ended up, you know, upgrading to a team that has two Regis, so you can't go wrong there.
0: I mean, with um uh, with the and Regirock Gigas and Rock and uh Regieleki was pretty well re- represented but um you know those two you know you brought like half the regis uh into top 64 here and you got
1: two Wait of them. a minute I just realized I'm also like the uh I have two unique mons across top 64 right
0: Yes the yes absolutely <laughs> I mean they're
1: two actually, very stupid pokemon but
2: um uh you mentioned Reggie represented I was actually uh surprised by how few like there were as well
1: Agreed agreed um,
2: the mon had a lot of hype coming in and it had two three uh, four and scroll, scroll, um, three uses. So, um, like 12 uses across top 64 is it, it's it, like Metagross. It's nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but it's really underwhelming considering the amount of hype that i had coming in. Um, and that also could be, uh, because of, uh, people preparing for it. Um, uh but it's also just such a weird mon. Um and yep. <laughs> in terms of its coverage. Like uh you can very legitimately run Hyper Beam as a coverage move on that. And I'm not sure if that has ever been done in like the history of Pokemon before. <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm an R I'm an RY uh player uh and even when uh, uh even back then you didn't really run it as a coverage move. Uh and it's just really funny to think about think about it in that respect. hmm Uh
1: another Pokemon that like I would say is worth noting is just the fact that Moltres ended up being the most used of uh the Galar birds. And I I would probably say, uh, just looking at how little Zapdos, uh, Kanto there are, um, there's like a decent amount, but I, I think that Moltres has won the war as most used bird uh of those six and it's uh, by a pretty good margin. It's a very strong Pokemon. Um, it's got just like a pretty strong uh, standard set in just Nasty Plot, uh, Fiery Wrath, fa- Flying Move and Protect, and uh, some people run it Weakness Policy, some people run it Life Orb. Uh, th- those are like the generally the items I see on it. And yeah. It's, uh, it could be a really, really, uh, potent Pokemon, especially behind, uh, screens. I think that that's something that, uh, Steven and I have not talked about on the podcast yet, so I'm gonna mention that here. I know that we're running a bit long, uh, but one of the last things that I think that needs to be mentioned just about this metagame is, uh, screens. Uh, screens is something that, um, my, uh, team building group and I had kind of like clued in on, uh, pretty early on, and that was largely because of, uh, Garden of Madness, because of, uh, Grimmsnarl, I would say, at least in my opinion. Yep. Um, and we just, we thought Grimmsnarl with dual screens was really, really insane into a format that has a lot of bulky offensive Pokemon. Um, it's just nice to be able to out-bulk them and, uh, yeah. to,
2: you know... The damage output is, uh, just pretty absurd sometimes, and, uh, toning that down just a hair, uh, allows you to play a more controlled, uh, base.
1: And so, like, the, the Grimmsnarl, uh, set that, uh, and like, I had a Grimmsnarl on my Regirock team. It's just a Pokemon that really just allows you to just make the most use of your other three Pokemon while also not having a dead slot. Um, Grimmsnarl would just typically run, uh, screens and then dual stab with, like, uh, Spirit Break or Sucker Punch and, Uh, it just, like, has all the tools that you could need in a single Pokemon. It's a prankster type that's also dark type, so it's immune to other pranksters. Um, there was a decent amount of Dragapult into the tournament, but having a Pokemon that, uh, resists, uh, Dragapult's dual stabs, like, it is just so much going for it. And then, uh, we also saw a lot of people opt to use dual screens Regielecki. Uh, I think that was actually one of the more popular sets and the sets that we saw uh, do well on Reggie Alecki is uh, dual yep. screens. And that uh, is largely uh, attributed to uh, Fevzi, I would say. Um, Fevzi was uh, streaming it with a team that had a uh, dual screens Reggie Lucky and uh, like Icehorse, I believe. Uh, does that sound
2: correct? I think it was Fevzi. That's, uh, yeah. All of the stuff you're saying sounds correct. Right? Yeah.
1: So uh, Fevzi had a like a dual screens uh, Reggie Lucky, and uh, I'm a little upset um, at uh, Game Freak for uh, creating Reggie Lucky and giving it no move pool. So people were like, "Well, this mon's busted." Let's look at all the moves it gets, and they ended up scrolling down far enough to find dual screens and decided this was worth it because otherwise. Uh, i think not as many people would have been using uh dual screens and uh it could have just been our thing man yeah like
2: uh it, i mean it was uh it was still uh under wraps enough that we didn't see like brick break usage really heading into the tournament
1: yeah yeah definitely uh, and like we can't steal all the grim snarl credit uh there was some grim snarl in europe uh in the vr tournament uh from like yuri and uh nigo dvda cogneta
2: yeah, here uh, in Desto had a Grim Snarl team as well.
1: So uh, it, it's not like it was this big secret that we had going, but it's just like, it, it was like something that I felt was so, so nice. Um, and uh, you can see there's um, three Grimmsnarls in Winners and in NA, uh, as well as like a decent number of uh, appearances across the other regions. But it was just something that we thought was very strong, and uh, screens are just really, really cool in this format.
2: Unless you fight or food.
1: Which is why I have Urshifu. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. So, um, I I just really qu- quickly want to shout out two players from the Oceania region uh, who are still alive in this tournament, and they're, they're actually both in the uh, loser's side of the bracket. And uh, first off is Malcolm uh, McKellar, who I believe has uh, Tapu Coco and the regular Kanto Raichu, and uh, he's just going with a comfort pick. Usually this is an Alolan Raichu. I believe this is the person who's very... Uh, who uh runs this core. This is a uh t- you know, he, he is duo. a Raichu man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. So switch to the Canto Raichu, but um I like seeing the uh you know throwback choices here. And the other one is actually uh Mitch Kendrick, who is using uh triple genie, all three of the Kami trio. Um looks kinda odd, but they all are doing very different things, so it's kinda neat to see that.
1: Yeah, Thunderous took all of Gen Seven off to hit the gym, man. Like <laughs> Thunderous is just swole AF <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Oh, I, I realized that we probably can't say AF on this podcast. It's full
2: feel- as <laughs> it's as Finny.
1: Swole as, as Finny. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh,
1: anyway, yeah, I'll just. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> you can do what you want. I wanted at, to. Steven. S- I wanted to ask you too if there were any last um, opinions here you have about the uh, you know top remaining. Pokemon left in this tournament and what we've seen so far. Otherwise, I want to, uh, you know, move on to our last topic and just talking about we have information about the stream now. Uh, any last takes from you?
1: No, no. Let's go ahead and uh, mention the uh, the stream here. Yeah.
0: Okay. Sounds good. So um, within the last week or two, I don't remember exactly again, but we have the uh, stream information for the Pokemon Players Cup 2, and it's actually kind of, uh, important to note these dates here. So, first off, I just want to acknowledge the commentary team for the video game side, which is Luke Cromie, Adam Doricott, Rosemary Kelly, and Lee Provost. So, congratulations to you four on, uh, making the team here, and, uh, you know, this is gonna be pretty nice. We got three out of the four with British accents, and those are very nice, so I'm a fan.
1: So, um, it's interesting to note, and, uh, It seems to be the case this time around that they're not going to be streaming the uh, games as, like, basically as we go through the tournament. They're going to be streaming them at a bit later. Uh, The dates being, like, December 5th uh, for, I guess, December 5th and 6th for the region finals. And then the next weekend, uh, the 11th, 12th, and 13th um, for the global finals. And it seems like this time around they just chose to stream less games, which is kind of a bummer, honestly. Um, I don't know how many games they ended up pulling from the first week uh, last time, but like we had games to watch from every week of play. And it just seems so weird to uh, go from, you know, three weekends of play to two and also down from uh, down to just one week of streamed games from the region qualifiers. Um, it's a little sad to see, um, I, I know that they, uh, just didn't take any of the games from this past weekend, they're just gonna be pulling games from, uh, the top 16 on, so, uh, huh. okay. we're getting a bit less content than, uh, this time around, and, um, it's just, like, yeah, it's just super weird how, uh, Pokemon is constantly, like, changing things, and, uh, it, it would be a bit interesting more interesting if we had a bit more uh information on like why they make these choices but yeah
0: i mean one thing i can think of is that like uh the compared to the player the first players cup we had the airing of the streams between each week uh between each week of play so after the first week it was like a thursday you play the next saturday you, then they you watch that uh week two on the next thursday so um in that regard like some people don't give up extra information um you know with with regards to like their specific stats per se um like all the info is out there already anyway now but um you know you know we're gonna just have to wait an extra month to watch what happens this upcoming weekend so um that's kind of i'm not the biggest fan of that you know having to wait so long for something that happened already a month in the past by then So that's okay. Uh, Another fun thing, or another thing to point out, is that anyone who is playing in the global finals, so the actual final top sixteen, are going to be playing on December fifth, the same time as the stream. So, um, you maybe you can do both, but I imagine whoever's there wants to focus on playing.
1: That's a good point. I didn't even think about that aspect yet, and that that's going to be really, uh, really, really weird. Um, yeah, and it's just so. Ah oh, man I the the point is escaping me but uh I'm just yeah I'm just a little bit um little bit bummed to see that we're going to have just uh less content overall uh and like oh the the point I was going to mention is that the uh the regions are all sharing a stream too so uh I was like just thinking about this like uh you know there's a chance that uh Nails and I could be featured on stream uh depending on like who we play against and such um for our uh for the games that we're going to be playing this weekend and uh it, we have to share that amongst all of the regions you know uh like it, it's not like there are different days for different regions or anything so that like of the 64 remaining players and the i guess 32 games that are going to be played in the first round they're going to have to pick like one or two you know like there there's a lot of games to be played uh, when you add all the regions up together, and uh, your chances of being featured on the stream are pretty slim.
2: Yeah, like um, uh, go, ahead, go. Nick. go ahead, go oh, ahead. Uh, just are they going to show all of the finals, and then uh, just uh, are they going to like skim through the games and see? Ooh, this looks interesting from a thirty-second uh, glance at the game. Like, like uh, I I don't know how that's going to work. They're probably going to get Reggie on. I don't know. <laughs> It's <laughs> well not to mention that like, uh
1: I guess we haven't really talked about who we're playing uh up and coming, but like I uh my my next match is against Wolf. You know, I'm playing against none other than uh Wolf Glick. So um I, I think I've got a decent shot of being on the stream considering I've got Regigigas and uh my opponent is Wolf.
0: True. And Nick, who is your next round opponent? I
2: fight chemo, uh close friend. Uh chemo Nishimura.
0: Yep. So
1: Yeah, we had Chemo on actually like two or three episodes back.
0: Um yeah.
2: Looking forward to it.
0: Um, also, uh, with regards to the streams, like unlike the uh, first Players Cup between the region qualifier weeks, where there's like, uh, what, two, three hours each, um, both days on the 5th and 6th are eight-hour windows. I did want to bring uh, that allegedly up. Allegedly, listed uh, here.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned that, Steven. I was just about to bring it up, too. Uh, that actually is bringing me back around to feeling a little bit more positive about this. Um, eight hours of content is, like, a, a full day of streaming from, like, you know, back in the days of live tournaments, and, uh, especially since this is, like, uh, curated and there's not going to be as much downtime.
2: If it's on delay, they don't have to, uh, have the break times between But honestly, uh, I wish the they rounds. would,
1: just because uh, I'm a little sentimental. You know, I, <laughs> I, I would just want <laughs> to listen to, like...
2: About the 20, you're all about the 20-minute, uh, music, uh... Break.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I really need my license-free music, countdown. uh, just, like, st- sitting, staring at a waiting <laughs> screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, you gotta miss- you gotta miss those, uh, promo videos, too. Also, you say, like, back in the day? It's been, like- it's only been nine months. It feels like forever, though.
1: Uh, I mean, nine months is a pretty long time, Steven.
0: You could have a baby by then. Right? Wow.
1: I mean, <laughs> what do you call this podcast?
0: Uh,
2: what? I don't know. A baby and Steven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. So yeah, uh, I mean, eight hours between the two days is significantly more uh, content. That is like actually really, really nice uh, that we're going to be seeing uh, at least a lot of uh, content in those two days. Um, Of course, uh, I will not be watching uh, any of the December 5th stream. I'll be too busy playing in the finals.
2: Of course. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll make sure to cheer you on from Twitch (laughs) Chat. You're
0: just going to get banned. Don't do it.
2: Wait, but cheering me uh, out from
1: Twitch chat. The, <laughs> they're
0: going to time you out.
1: <laughs> this just reminds me of like my, uh, trolling in, uh, the last players cup stream where I was like, Oh man, like, who do we think's going to win? And it's just like, Oh, we already like, <laughs> this is pre-recorded. And I was like, Wait, it's pre-recorded. <laughs> what?
0: We knew this a month ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm, just, I'm looking forward to that again.
0: Anyway, I'm just glad we have a stream, you know, glad to have this confirmed, and it looks like it's going to be a, you know, nice fun weekend to watch pretty much almost the entire day there.
1: Yeah, and we get three days of eight-hour streams for uh, the next weekend uh, for the global finals, uh, at least is what I'm seeing here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It seems like, too, with uh, all the players left so far, that they won't have to skip matches either, which is good.
1: Yeah, yeah, we might be able to just get all the games. Uh, I don't know how that uh, works out time-wise for a typical Pokemon game. I'm sure somebody could run the math on that. I'm not going to do it now while we're recording and while we're running long because mm-hmm. we've been... Uh, I mean, the, the, they also have TCG, but
2: uh, yeah, they should still be able to fit everything. Uh, it seems like I think they're doing two separate streams. Oh, seriously? So we just have like uh, three eight-hour blocks of VG content?
1: Um, what makes Maybe you say three? not? Maybe. Oh, th- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three for the global finals, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, for
0: global finals, it looks like, um, they're gonna be split on the first two days, and then the final day, on the 13th, we'll have, like, the last few stages of both TCG and VGC at the end there.
1: Mm, okay, because the first, uh, for the region qualifiers, it just says you can check out the video game on mainstream Let's Go, while TCG is resigned to their, uh, twitch.tv slash Pokemon TCG, ha, we get the mainstream.
2: Love being us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're the main game here let's be real
1: we're the ones that bring the viewers of course
0: yeah yeah who's gonna watch card games on twitch people do people do it's just like it's really boring i'm sorry it's really boring um i think that's a rep. <laughs> yeah i think that's a wrap
1: yeah like uh i don't have any other thoughts on the uh stream here looking forward to watching it uh like a month from now when you know when that comes up but um yeah Yeah. I'm... more
0: importantly the uh two of you instead of worrying about the stream you two need to worry about uh playing this weekend so um let's wrap up the show here and uh nick just want to say thank you for being on here with us we appreciate your time so uh thank you for being here
2: it's great to be on band thanks for having me back always a pleasure
0: and with that remember you can find our show in a variety of places you can find us on uh, apple Podcasts or itunes google Podcasts, and spotify or some of the highlight platforms there you can find us wherever you can find your shows remember to leave us a review to help us with visibility so that others can discover the show and um remember to just tell your friends about us if they're interested in a show about competitive pokemon they can find us here on the hyper voice lastly you can send your comments questions and feedback to our email vgc hypervoice at gmail.com you can also find the show on facebook and on twitter at the hypervoice and you can also find the three of us personally on Twitter as well. You can follow me at SuperMoryoka. Alex, where can people follow you?
1: You can follow me at LexiconVGC.
0: And Nick, where can people follow you? You can
2: follow me at NailsOU.
0: Awesome. Thank you, the listener, so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice.
1: Alola.